You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, I did it again. I started preaching the sermon before I got to the actual sermon portion. So we're kind of already halfway through. So this will be quick. You guys are already halfway through. But I knew it would be quick because I didn't know exactly what we had this morning. But I knew that we had something else. And Tom's testimony just confirmed that. Um, Very, very grateful for that. Very grateful for Melissa and all that she's doing. You know, when when I discover... What it is that the Lord has for a Sunday, it is, it is overwhelming. You guys know me. I, you, you'll know I'll probably, by the time I'm done being pastor here, there's going to be a track in this carpet of me walking back and forth because I can't, I don't sit still well. And I love it. I love it. Man, and you should see our staff. You come in on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, that office is buzzing. Rhonda loves it. She loves it because it's crowded and we're moving a lot. And there, there, there are tracks all over this carpet of people that are going and doing and the Lord is just moving with such urgency. And so when I tell you I'm ready to start the service the second the Lord shows me what he has for Sunday mornings, I mean I'm ready to start the service because it is, it is all consuming, it is overpowering And it is really, really hard for me to then just have to sit there and wait for Sunday morning to show up. And sometimes he's really not very kind with it because he'll give it to me on Sunday night. And I got to go a whole week sitting there waiting. I'm telling you, sometimes I get home on Sundays and I just crash. But it's because I've been carrying this urgency, this urgent word from the Lord, anointed for a day, but oh my goodness. So yesterday... He gave it to me yesterday afternoon. He just kept telling me to get some time alone. He had some things he needed to say. And so I finally got some time alone yesterday, and it was overwhelming. And there was a celebration that exploded out of me yesterday as he revealed to me what he, what he wants for this morning. And we are here, I've I've talked about this, I talked about it last week, we're here to celebrate. That's what this gathering is. This gathering is a celebration of all that the Lord has been doing in our stories, the testimony of what he's been doing, and we gather together in this temple to worship and to celebrate all that God is doing. We get to come together, we get to praise his name together, and then we get to go back out in our week, ready for him to continue and do more. This isn't a stopping point, it's a celebration. I was celebrating these truths that he's spoken over us in the last few weeks, in the last few months, really, several months. He's been speaking these things. And it, you, you, I mean, you guys know, just watch the screen. There's going to be a lot of scripture. It's coming at you really fast. Acts 1.8. And this is Jesus talking. But you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and, all, and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We are people of power. Amen? We are people of power. Do you agree? Yes. 
John 15, 4 through 8. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I in the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. We are people of expectation. Amen? People of expectation. Why are we people of expectation? Because we abide in the vine. Because we remain in him. We have relationship with him. If you have relationship, you can have expectation. Can't have expectation without relationship. I can't expect Danny to, I don't know, build a house by himself unless I've got the relationship and the experience and the encounter of him building a house and looking pretty good, right? I'm not going to expect someone to just do something I've never seen them do if I have no relationship with them. It's that simple, right? So if we simply have relationship with God, we simply have expectation. It comes very naturally when you have Real relationship with God. When you remain in and you abide in this vine, like right now. I'm telling you, my expectation with God, because I've encountered more of him in the last few months, and I've seen more of him, and I'm, I'm getting exposed to new things that he's doing, my expectations for him are going up. They're going up. Because he's doing things beyond my wildest dreams, but there's relationships, so there's expectations. So we are people of expectation because we are people with relationship. Amen? Right relationship. There are so many people that don't have right relationship. I'm talking about, we know the Lord's heart for us. And we don't operate in anything else but that truth. The world needs that. And then 2 Peter. Chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. We are people of promise. Amen? We are people of promise. How are we people of promise? Without relationship, without expectation. All these things have to come first. But we have to also be partakers in those promises. I said it this morning to the worship team. You can't be a people of something if the people around you do not tie that thing to you. If we are a people of power, the people around us should see power. If we are a people of expectation, people around us should see expectation. If we are a people of promise, then the people around us should see the promises of God in and through us. Right? You cannot be a people of something if no one can see that something in you. It has to be found in you to be a people of that. So we are to be a people of promise. And right now, I'm telling you, we are, the community is seeing a people of promise because they are seeing testimony of kindness. Kindness. 
And he said he would build his kingdom if you will be vessels of kindness. I cannot tell you the conversations I've had this week with people that are blown away by what the Lord is doing through a couple hours on a Wednesday night. That's it. That's it. The, the, the husbands that are talking about how their wives are blown away by the kindness they're experiencing from our women's minister. Like, they just don't understand why she's so nice to me. I don't get it. They're not used to it. The, this, I mean, that might get me in trouble, but the, the superintendent over there, to have our children's minister come and ask him to be a part of what she's building, you should have seen that kid. It's like a kid in a candy store. Candy store. Candy score. That's not it. That's not a place. He was excited. People are excited. Parents, to, to, to have a community group engaged in Hallelujah Night, they are excited just because they're being shown kindness. We're giving our fire chief a lot of opportunities to burn stuff down. He's excited. <laughs> he likes it. We're giving him avenues to be a pyro in a healthy way. But the Lord is doing a good thing and people are seeing this kindness and they can't comprehend it. I had a conversation with somebody at the football game and they asked why we're doing it. And they talked about the town, a town that they used to be in, how they desired to do this. They desired it. They never did it. There need to be people with vision to guide those that already have the desire. But when I talked to him, he asked why we do this. Is this a church thing? No. So it's just a community deal. Yeah. Okay, how are you doing it? Well, the Lord just told us to do it. So we're doing it. The Lord told you to do it. Yep. And they're looking around. And they're like, well, it's got to be the Lord that told him to do it because it's not been done yet. There's no other option. There's no other thing that makes sense to them of, yeah, the Lord must be speaking. The Lord must be telling. When they say the Lord speaks, they're serious. You should have seen his face. We just started really thinking like, man, that makes sense. And that's an odd thing to be in, to be able to tell somebody that doesn't really know the Lord that he speaks and then be like, yeah, I guess he does. That's the time that we're in. There's testimonies of kindness. He spoke to be kindness and that we would see the kingdom and we are seeing the kingdom. So we are becoming this people of promise to those around us. I'm gonna go back. If you were with us last week, we were in Isaiah 58, six through 12. We're gonna go there again. And I, I hope you guys are good going to the same passage multiple weeks in a row. But this is... So profound to me that the Lord spoke this so many years ago with every intention of us knowing about it today. It blows my mind. He, he, I mean, he told me. He, he told me when he was speaking it to Isaiah, he was thinking of us. What? That, that's mind-boggling. That the Lord was thinking of the time that we would be in as he was speaking something for the time that this man was in all those years ago. Verse 6. 
Is not this the fast that I chose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with, hung, with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up, raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. We see an equation here. Now I'm, I've mentioned this before, and, and for some reason, like just the Lord's humor, I guess, he, he desires to show how this plus this will get you this to me. I'm, I'm god-awful at math. Terrible at it. I've got family members that are great at it. I'm horrible at it. So why he wants to talk to me about equations and things adding up together, getting this, I don't know. But he's showing me here that these things will get you to this place. So Meeting the needs of those around us as we see in verse 6 and 7. Putting on display the kindness of God. What does that equal? That equals verse 8. That equals your light breaking forth like the dawn. It equals healing springing up with urgency. It equals righteousness going before us in the glory of the Lord standing behind us. That's what it equals. But you will not see that if this part of the equation is not there and it's not something that you can read in here. But he showed me this. And this was, he had this song on my heart all week. Not really this song, just a, a portion of the song. Um, and we, we, we sang it this morning, just the worship team. He, he said he just, he wanted us to come together and just worship before we even got on stage. And so we got to do that this morning. But he spoke, he continued to speak these three lines. They were, I want to know you. Let your spirit overwhelm me. Let your presence overtake my heart. And that last one blew my mind. Let your presence overtake my heart what it would look like to have the presence of God overtake your heart. I can't comprehend that. My mind can't make sense of that, but I want it. And he told me so clearly, I want that to be the desire of their hearts, to want to know me, because I want to know them, and I want them to know me. He just said it over and over again. I want them to know me. 
And it wasn't to know about him. It was to know him. Because there is something for you this morning in knowing his heart that will bring freedom to your story and things that you're dealing with. Because he told me very clearly, there are, there are those that do not believe that what he's called us into is for them. And his answer was, I just want them to know me. And they will find the peace. They will find themselves worthy of what I've called you into if they would just simply know me. He wants you to know him this morning. He wants you to know that he chose you. And that is that part of the equation that you have, before you can even read this and before you can even associate this with the time that we're in right now and believe it about what the Lord is doing right now, believe that he spoke it all those years ago for the time we're in right now. Before you can get there, you have to believe that what you're reading is for you. When he said that you would loose the bonds of wickedness, he wasn't talking about the person next to you or the person in front of you or behind you only. He was talking about you as well. You as well. The enemy desires to disqualify the children of God. That is his desire. Because if he can disqualify you, he separates you. If he separates you, he isolates you. If you're alone, you have no power in and of yourself. Because we were made for fellowship. He saw that man was alone. It's not good for man to be alone. He has created us for fellowship. The very first thing he did when he created man was create fellowship between man and God. We are made for fellowship. The Trinity being made in their image after their likeness, they exist in perfect fellowship with one another. We are made for fellowship. But if you believe that you are disqualified from what the Lord is doing right now, you get removed from fellowship. You get isolated. You become alone. So I need you all to hear it this morning. And if it's for you, receive it. If it's not for you, take it to someone it is for. Be a vessel for it. Because it is important to know that he chose you to loose the bonds of wickedness, to feed, feed the hungry, to, to house the, the homeless, to clothe the naked. It is important to know that he chose you to rebuild the ancient ruins that he chose you to repair the breach and that he chose you to restore the streets that we dwell in. He wants you to know him because in knowing him and knowing his heart, you find yourself. That's all the identity that we walk in. That's all that is. This identity the Lord gives you, it's a piece of his heart. So if you know the heart of God, you find yourself within it. We get to be with Jesus in that place, in the heart of God. We get to be with him right now. You are a child of promise. And you are the fruition of promise. Promises that have existed since the beginning of time. Promises that we see right here. Do you think Isaiah could have comprehended that the Lord was going to continue to do this work that he was talking about right here thousands of years later and a group of people in a place he's never heard of or seen and a place that he could not comprehend could exist. 
He couldn't have comprehended it. That's what it's talking about when we read that if he were to share with us the fullness of what he's doing, we could not comprehend it. We're, we're experiencing that right now because this was a promise that the Lord was speaking over you before you were born and you only existed in the heart of God. But he knew in 2020 you would be released and this is who you would become. You would rebuild. You would repair and you would restore. You have been chosen for these things and you are the fruition of promises that have existed since the beginning of time. And so this has been my prayer for you all week. That the desire of our heart would simply be to know him. To know him. That the desire of our heart would simply be that the spirit would overwhelm us and that his presence would overtake us. And that we, the children of God, would continue moving forward knowing that we have been chosen for this. As I sat with this, I didn't really know what the Lord wanted to do specifically here. And I still don't. I'm just going to let him lead it out. But I know that there are some in this room. I don't mean to put, a, put you in the hot seat or anything, but I don't know who. But I know there are some in this room that do not feel qualified for this. Or maybe you feel qualified, but you've just not yet received this for your own life that he has called you to be a vessel of kindness, a restorer, a rebuilder, a repairer. He has called you to rebuild things that people had lost hope of ever being rebuilt. He's called you to bring hope back in places that are desolate. He has called you to be a garden in a desert. He has called you to be water in scorched places. He has called you to be these things. And what he has called this house into is for you. If you are in here this morning, if you are listening online, it is for you. I don't care where you live. I don't care where you're from. It is for you. It is not just for sundown. It's not just for sundown. The Lord is doing more than we could ever comprehend. Just like this word that he spoke to Isaiah was not just for the Israelites. It was for us here. It was not just for them. So who else is this for? I'm telling you, we will get to find out. We will get to experience it. We will get to encounter it. But it first must start. This equation can't even begin without us first knowing that it is for us. It is for you. It is for me. It is for us. It is for us to do. It is for you to do. Lord, we believe it. I don't know what you want to do in this time, but I pray. I pray that every one of us would say yes to it. Even those that do not doubt who you've called us to be. I pray that we would simply say yes. We would simply believe we would simply operate in the truth that you have chosen us. You have chosen me. I pray that we would take ownership. As we read Isaiah 58, 6 through 12, we would take ownership of that passage. We would read it, inserting our name in that place. For this is the fast that you chose for Parker. Parker.
to loose the bonds of wickedness, to feed the hungry, to shelter the homeless, to cover the naked, that my light would shine forth like the dawn, and that because of this light expanding and exploding across this city, healing would come. Illness doesn't exist in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is being established. As we operate in obedience to what you've called us to do, light breaks forth and darkness flees. And healing will come. Give us eyes to see the ancient ruins you would have us rebuild, spiritually and physically. Give us eyes to see where the breach has been compromised, that we could repair it. Give us eyes to see how we can restore our streets to be a place of joy, that joy would dwell in our streets. That our physical streets would reflect the streets of heaven and they would be paved in gold because the children of God has sought to the, we've sought to restore them. And we walk in obedience to what you've called us to. You are good and you are worthy and we are grateful. But I pray that these doors Lord, if you have to, close them yourself and lock us in here that we would not leave, not a one of us would leave until we have received fully that this that you have called this house into is for me as well. It's not just for those around me, it's for me. I am to be a child of promise. I am to be associated with the people of promise. That the people around us, the people around me, would see the promises of God. Don't let us leave until that truth reigns in every one of us. You are good. You are worthy of all of our praise and we are grateful. We are grateful for all that you're doing and all that you're building. We're grateful for this morning that we have come able to celebrate with one another all that you are doing. All that you are doing. Continue to do it, Lord. Continue to do it in power and might. Continue to move. Continue to make us vessels. Make us offerings. Continue to bring new wine. King Jesus, bring new wine out of us. And we pray that there would be freedom and that the kingdom of God would be established in this place like we have never seen. That those that have grown up and left from sundown would come back and would not recognize what they see. We love you, Lord. We are grateful to you. Be glorified. 
be glorified by every one of your children in here choosing to receive, choosing to believe that this time is for us. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.